You find yourself outside a castle. It's tall and made of many bricks and things. The door is wide open. Um, I entered the castle. Turn to page four. You enter the castle. You see a suit of armour and a doorway to the north. Well, I don't know enough about castles to, to dispute any of what you've said. Um, I'll take the, the, the doorway, the hallway to the, to the north. Turn to page 37. You enter through the doorway and there you see a couple of queer trans ladies. Oh, g- goodness. Uh, hello. You greet them and they tell you about their week. It is interesting. Do you proceed to have conversations with them or go through the door to the north? Uh, I continue to have conversations with them. They seem very interesting. Time to page 125. You continue having conversations with the nice queer trans ladies. They tell you about things that they have played and things that they have watched. Time to page 245 to continue this conversation or proceed through the door. I'm committing to this ending now. I want to see this ending of the of the adventure. You continue to have a conversation with them. They proceed to do some funny skits for your entertainment and tell you about things they've listened to and talk about social justice issues in silly voices. Do you continue to have a conversation or do you wish to proceed through the door? I continue with the conversation. You, it seems, have encountered some queer and pleasant strangers. Congratulations, you have been entertained. Hooray, your best ending. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies talk about our weeks and have a bit of a catch-up and do silly voices and such. Assuming you turn to the correct pages. Assuming you turn to the correct pages. (laughs) I I don't know what podcast we would be doing now if I had chosen to, you know, uh, investigate the suit of armour. I guess it would be a D&D podcast. Uh Aha! Well, maybe I need to do, uh, you know, it's like you do you do the other path on that choose your own adventure and you end up in dice funk or something. Maybe. Maybe. Or polyamory. <laughs> Indeed. How are you doing this week? Um, I've, I've I spent the entire weekend being very, very snuffly. Aww. And now I feel like I'm at the tail end of snuffly. Yeah, you like, definitely seem like you're suffering less with the snuffleys. Yeah, like it's, I'm congested and, and my sinuses are a bit sore, but they're not nearly as bad as they have been. It's not a constantly running nose thing, yeah. and I'm I'm a little bit, I feel a bit bassy still in the vocals. The continuing adventures of one of us is always a little bit ill. Ooh. Yay! Human bodies being fallible things. Ooh. Uh I I'm I'm good this week. I'm just tired. Yay! I've had some very uh. Very eventful uses of my week. Yeah, you have. Tell us about the thing you did. The big thing you did. Well, the whole weekend. in terms of things we've played this week, which is our first of our many segments that we do on this show, um, I played a thing, but I also made a thing that I played. Um, I took part in uh, Journo Dev Swap. Yeah, so this was something that was organised by uh, Yuki, who were a trade organisation that helped the, the UK independent game scene as well as Alzheimer's UK, we basically did a three-day-long game jam. And for anyone who doesn't know about the concept of game jams, it's basically you have a limited amount of time, make a game from scratch. It's not very long, so, you know, the games are probably going to be slightly rough prototypes. You're given, like, a theme at the start of what you're making a game about. But 
the idea for this one that was kind of unique was game journalists and game developers swapping places. So, I as a person who criticises games and does not know how to make games with proper game development tools that aren't Twine or RenP or RPG Maker, um, was like, hey, you're gonna have three days, here's Unity, and here is someone learning to make games at university, make a game! Mm-hmm. Um, which was a mildly terrifying prospect. Um, I think in the in the building during like day daytime hours we had what seventeen hours to work on the game in a team of two. Uh, the theme was brain, and I think there were eight teams of just a journalist and a student. And yeah, I spent I spent you know a few hours on Friday, then some time on Friday night art when I got home, mm-hmm. and I I yeah. So it it was a whole thing. I had most of Saturday and then had a few hours on Sunday to finish things. Um, I spent like Thursday, the day before the game jam started, basically trying to teach myself the basics of Unity. So I did a lot of looking at YouTube, uh, using storm uh, like free assets and like you know copy pasting other people's scripts. Mm-hmm. And I learned to make a little two D side scrolling platformer with parallax and a spawn point and stuff like that. And then we decided to do a game in 3D, which um, neither me nor the other person I was working with over the weekend had any experience in 3D. So we just jumped in at the deep end and taught ourselves to do a thing, which was mildly terrifying. Um, but yeah, over th- over 17 hours, over three days, plus the like four hours I spent working in the middle of the night, um, we made a game where the whole idea was that... Um, it was set in a brain, and because we were working with... It was to do with Alzheimer's UK, we took that thing quite literally. You were trying to retrieve memories in a brain. So you had this central room with four other rooms around it that were all themed, so it was nice and easy to find where these memories were sorted. So the clue might be something about, like, oh, where, where have I left my laptop? And you'd be like, ah, the room full of household item locations. Go find the laptop in there, bring it back. Done. Nice oh. and easy. But then we layered lots of things on top of it. So uh, initially, everything is in neatly organised places. Then the locations start randomising. Eventually your character slows down. There's a timer placed on you to add some pressure. And it's basically... The memories are all still there, but it gets more and more difficult to to recall them. To to just, like, get them and, and, you know, find where they are and remember them and manage that. Mm. So it was our attempt at having a mechanical way of representing, you know, struggles with uh, with memory issues, mm. which was quite a thing to work on as someone who has had a family history of people yeah. with uh, memory issues and has had some concerns about my own memory at times in my life. Squad. Woo. Um, so yeah, it, you know, it's not the most polished thing in the world. Um it's a bunch of square rooms with a bunch of square objects in them and some hastily stretched um, brain textures over the wall as wallpaper. I didn't like the wall texture. I, 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 I did my best with it, but, like, it's, it, you know, it's not the best thing in the world. But I was really proud of what we achieved. We had a thing that had, like, a user interface and objectives, and you could complete the objectives, and the difficulty escalated toward, uh, you know, to a narrative endpoint. Like, I think we achieved a good thing with our time. I liked it. Yeah. So, that was an intense three days. Mm-hmm. Um, I came away from it a lot less scared of Unity than I was before. Like, 
I feel I, I feel the way about Unity that I do about stuff like say Photoshop, where mm. if you've if you've only ever used Paint and suddenly someone hands you Photoshop, there's a certain moment of I'm a bit paralyzed by choice here. I don't know what everything does, and there's too many things, and there is a lot of things. Yeah, Unity is like the extreme end of that. It's it's not as scary as it looks, but because you don't know what anything does, it's terrifying. Mm. And Having spent a day trying to teach myself with YouTube tutorials and three days working with someone on a project, I'm like, I feel like at the very least, I could make a 3D environment in Unity. I know where I would go to find some free scripts to make a character functionally move within that space. I know how I could make better assets if I, you know, took more time with it. Mm. Um, I feel like I learned a lot out of uh, that game jam. And you should all go read my coverage on laurakbuzz.com yeah, because I wrote like three and a half thousand words about that experience and it was quite a thing. Is the game up for other people to play? Uh, not currently. Um, we are waiting to hear what the... the we we want to be able to put it out some way and we're just making sure that we work out what the best way to put everyone's games out is. Okay. But you can go on YouTube to youtube.com slash laurakbuzz and see a video of the uh, the game being played, where I sort of do a playthrough and explain, you know, what worked, what didn't, what we were going for. I do a little developery commentary over it. So yeah, what about you? What have you been playing this week? What have I been playing this week? Well, um, I've got a new cube. <gasps> Ooh, what's your new cube? I've got a 7x7x7. Seven by seven by seven. Oh, heck. Because you've been getting pretty good at that 5x5. Five five. I have. But I can now do a 7x7x7 seven by seven by seven in yeah. about 20 minutes. Oh, heck. I knew you solved a cube the other day in 20 minutes. I thought that was the 5x5 five five you that did in 20 seven. minutes. Oh, well, <laughs> that's impressive. It's uh, Yeah, it's fun. It's got some slightly different stuff from doing a 5x5. Um, a, a five five five. Yeah. But, um, did, it's a lot of fun. Did you need to learn any new algorithms, or was it new applications uh, of things you already knew? No algorithms, per se. Like, learning to use commutators differently. Yeah. Uh, or more extensively, should I say. Yeah. That's basically where you shove one thing into a place and swap it with something else while making sure that when you put things back, the thing that you've got something else from will automatically get a piece put in the right place. Yeah. Um if it, I don't know if that description makes much no, sense. I know I'll show you sometime. I, I believe uh, I know what you mean. Um but yeah, like there's there's lots of that. The edge pairing is interesting. Yeah. Um because obviously having like five pieces rather than uh like the 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 three or or, or five mm. that you've got from uh, three uh, sort of two or three that you've got for others is a bit Bit much, a bit um, daunting. Bit daunting, yeah. Um, but all of the um, all of the parity algorithms work the same. Mm. So my rowboat thing, uh, yes. works. And you had a bit of a re- revelation about that that rowboat thing. With I was the, wrong. Um, no, I I thought I thought I had it, and then I tried it. Um, let uh, we should probably clarify. So last night I was sitting there thinking, I wonder if that would solve the edge parity issue on a on a on an even numbered cube. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really. Okay. Um, like <laughs> you, you you can do that to swap things over, but that's not. It's that, not a that, perfect that, solution. That doesn't solve all of the problems because there are other unique problems. Like you might end up with um, two edges 
on mm. on the top where they sit the right way up and everything else around it is absolutely fine, but they are the wrong edge pieces for that. Ah. Um, at which point you need to do basically a two by two algorithm. Okay. To make it yeah. work. So there's bits of stuff from from both variants of the cube. Okay. Um, you still you still prefer your odd numbered cubes to your yeah, even numbers by a long way. Yes, definitely. Uh, although the thing is, now that I know a seven by seven, I can literally solve any uh, odd numbered yeah. n by n cube. Goodness, hooray! So yeah, that's that's cool. And also, it's the last one that's sort of an affordable price and a reasonable size to hold in your hand. And I'm not work too worried, with. So worried about that. Like. It would be nice one day to own something ridiculous like a 15 by 15 or something. Yeah, just to show off. Just just, just to have something that would just be like, this is going to take a couple of hours. This will be really fun. Yeah, something that's not some... a three minute challenge. Or even a 20 minute yeah. something challenge. Something you can sort of potter around with a bit and sort yeah. of come back to. But um, like with no intention of doing it as a speed solve. Just yeah. Like, but like... 7x7 is about the last one that comes at a reasonable price because they're mass-produced and sell. Yes. Whereas 9x9s, you tend to be looking at prices like heading up towards sort of 70, 80 quid. Wow. Where my 7x7 only cost me 20 quid. Yeah, I I was going to be like, yeah, maybe 40 at the top. No, no, okay, no, more than that. Yeah, and like, but then it's weird because uh, like I've seen 15x15s going for like 130 so at that there it goes up significantly, but there is isn't a like a huge um There's just a weird jump. There's a, a big jump for the sort of less popular ones. Like yeah. these are people still buy these. Yeah. But they're less popular, so we, yeah. they they're gonna cost a bit, mu- you, bit you've more. You've got the you've got the mass produced section and you've got the specialty section. Oh well, and, I mean the specialty section well, would be things like going up above that. Like there, okay. are, like I think the thirty-three by thirty-three is about seven, eight hundred quid. Ooh, and it's like that'd be fun to own one day, but <laughs> like I'm not going to go out of my way for it. No, but maybe seven, one day there will be a cheap seven by seven is the mass-produced like the threshold. Yeah, I think that's the threshold of my like. Maybe I'll treat myself to one one unicorn <laughs> dance party or something and be like, you know what, I've had a bonus. I'm going to treat myself and get like a 9x9 nine nine or 11x11. 11 11. Yeah. Ow. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what else have you been playing? Uh, well, I've got a thing up on uh, you, the second. Yeah. Is that a Mareep? That's a Mareep, yeah. Oh, I know um, Pokemon. Yeah, you know Pokemon. <laughs> um, so... I I finished playing Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, um, and by finished, I mean I got every single shiny in the game and beat every single master trainer and maxed out every single stat and had every Pokemon to level 100, and there was literally nothing left for me to do. Mm-hmm. And there's like two months until Sword and Shield come out, and I'm like, what do I do now? I'm itching to play more Pokemon. What if I just go back and play like an older Pokemon that I didn't give that as much attention? So I've gone... Back, uh, I pulled out my, my 2DS, and I pulled out the most recent Pokemon game, Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon. Um, and I've made two games. It, it is. I'm I'm doing Ultra Sun. Okay. Um, but I've basically gone. I know what the shiny hunting method in that is, and it's not too much more complicated than the one in Let's Go Pikachu that I know. Okay. So I'm not making a huge jump in the amount of work I'd have to do. 
But you are still going for shinies. I'm still going for shinies. <laughs> um, I'm like, I'm going to boot this game up from the start again and replay it. Knowing what the shiny hunting method is. And I'm I'm not intending to 100% this before Sword and Shield <laughs> comes out or anything. But... It'd be nice to have a little bit of a yeah, dex going. And any shiny Pokemon I happen to find in this that I can transfer forward will just be a little bit of extra progress made. Oh. So, um, currently, I'm sat just having a... I forgot how fun. One of my favourite features of um, Pokemon Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon, and I think it was a, a couple of games before that, is a feature called Wonder Trade. Wonder where Trade. <laughs> basically, you put any Pokemon you want out into the world, and you will receive a Pokemon back from someone else that just sent a Pokemon out into the world. Um, and it's a really fun little thing of just... Just just see what you get. Um, I In my past, I've put like really high-level stuff on there. I've put, like you know, uh, extra starters that I've hatched from eggs and things like that for people that don't have people to trade with, stuff like that. Um, and it's just been really fun being like, what am I going to get? Um, people are really generous on it. Like, a lot of people, like, if they're trying to trade for... Uh, to, to, uh, trying to build for something specific with like 100% perfect stats and as well as shiny and you know those very specific things if they get something that's like 99% of the way there and not there they're like that's eh, all right I'll put it on wonder trade someone will appreciate this even if it's not what I'm after mm. um which is really nice as a way of thinking about it like a lot of uh, the first wonder trade I did today Someone sent me a shiny spinner rack. So I got a shiny through Wonder Trade as the first Wonder Trade I did. And Aww. was like, oh yeah, I forgot how lovely this community can be. Um, you got a mouth. Yeah, I got, uh, I got an Alola mouth. Um, yeah, it's it's just been... It, it's one of those Pokemon games that I, I never really engaged with the shiny hunting method on this because it was less... It was less obvious. You had to know from outside the game what it was you had to do, and I just hadn't sort of stumbled upon that knowledge, so I didn't oh. do it. But it's been nice going in and going. Yeah, I feel a little less daunted by the the completionist aspects of Pokemon. Let's delve into those a bit. Let's have oh. some fun with them. Um, so it's been nice. Also, I forgot how comfortable the two DS, the 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 door stop wedge two DS, is to hold. Like, it's a comfortable size. And I have to say, it looks better in person. Like, yeah. when I saw it in videos, it looked like one of those, um, like, Tandy LCD yeah, um, it's, things. It's it's tall enough to be, like, comfortable in adult hands, and it's got, you know, enough thickness at the top to, like, yeah. it's, it's a comfortable, yeah. it's a comfortable design. And it fits in my, uh, my little Switch um, stand really yeah. nicely, which is good because my Switch Joy-Cons have both got major drift and I've had to send them off to Nintendo to get them fixed. So I'm probably not going to be playing much Switch for a little bit, so I'm like, it's okay, I'll go back and play old Pokemon games. Uh, you've, you've, uh, I'm happy to leave my Switch controllers. They are a little bit drifty, but apparently less drifty than yours. <laughs> it's okay, I've got, um, I've got a pro controller, so like, I can play docked and, you know, I don't have any plans to play lots of Switch while travelling any time in the next couple of weeks, but um yeah, it's 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 been nice to go. As soon as the Switch happened, I didn't want to play anything on the 3DS. I was like, you know, there were still games coming out I wanted to play. I played through Detective Pikachu, but I was sort of like, I'm done with the 3DS. Give me everything on Switch. And 
it's nice to just go back and go, no, the 3DS... I was wrong. There are still things that are good. Yeah, the 3DS is a nice system that, you know, I, I maybe was a little quick to, to you know, put in, in the past. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What else have you been playing? Uh, I played some of that Control. Oh, yeah. How you how you find Control? Um, uh, well, I find the, um, I, f- I found it a bit difficult to control, actually. But I think that <laughs> might have just been our, uh, our joy, joy pads. Um, yes. But I've got my uh, 360 pad up here now, so... Hopefully that'll be slightly easier. I'll play some more of that later. Um, yeah, like, the idea is interesting. Yeah. I like the weird, um, I like the FMV stuff. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting, how it, like, has random FNV scenes of, like, hey, here's explanations of stuff that happens around the facility. Yeah. I, I, I really like the general concept of that game, the whole idea of, hey, basically every urban myth and legend ever was real, and this building was set up to, uh sort of track down and isolate the uh, the ve- those various phenomenon. And the building itself is one of those things. Yes, the building itself is a, a weird phenomenon that should not exist. And that building does not like to be kept orderly and neat. It's like, no, no. It doesn't like to be... It also doesn't like to anyone knowing about it. Yeah, it doesn't want to be known about. It doesn't want to be chained down in one place. It doesn't want to be, you know... A set way, and it will very much resist attempts to uh, organize it. I, I like think. the I like the um, the brutalist arch- architecture of the building itself, mashed up with the fact that it changes as a result of the presence of the hiss. Yeah. So, like, you get weird, um, like sur- almost surrealist architecture in there. Yeah, there's a lot of. Interesting stuff with the building having basically two modes of ways of seeing it. There's the sort of glitched version and the more sanitised version, I guess. Um, I like the glitched version. Yeah, it's it's just really interesting exploring basically a building that's made up of a bunch of different, like, ha, this isn't what, what would be expected of a building. It's like urban Harry Potter. Yeah, a little bit. Ur- urban Hogwarts. Yeah. Sort of it's... like, it does all the weird wacky stuff, but in a very brutalist architecture building. Yeah, it it does it, it does the sci-fi FBI equivalent of um, paintings that move and, and staircases that rotate. Yeah. It's, it's a building that's alive, but less medieval and more sci-fi. Yeah. Modernist. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm enjoying it so far. I want to play more of it and experience a bit more and and get more into it because I've only played like a couple of hours. Yeah. So I want to know what it's all about, really. It's it's really fun just going around that um, that facility with the various superpowers you unlock. Uh, it's quite a thing. So far, I've only got lobbing stuff. Yes, the sort of throw throw big bits of rubble at things. Yeah. Don't worry, you will you will get more things, and they're, they're I've seen all very flight. cool. That, that looked interesting. Yeah, flight flight is very fun. Ooh. I'll do like a good. Uh, if I can fly and then throw stuff around with my mind, I'm like, oh no, okay, best game forever, done. I'm feeling kind of super right now. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that's the important thing. What about you? You got any others? Uh, on the same topic as you know, playing Pokemon on the 3DS, mm-hmm. I've I've been going through and seeing just like. 
more old Pokemon games that I feel really nostalgic are available on the Virtual Console on 3DS. Oh. Um, so I picked up a couple of old Game Boy Pokemon games that I was very um, fond of. There is the Game Boy Color um, Pokemon trading card game RPG. Uh, that I, I'm a real big fan of that. It's Does it capture the trading card game well? It does. It And the thing is, is because Pokemon as a trading card game has evolved, uh, has had so few mechanical changes over the years, it's like... Oh no, yeah, no, this this plays very much like the modern game in a in a little RPG where you go through beating all the gym leaders and earning all the cards, and it's basically scratching the same itch that that Yu-Gi-Oh Switch game is. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's that's good. Oh. Um, I picked up Pokemon uh, Puzzle, Ch- uh, what is it? Pokemon Puzzle League, uh, okay, which is yeah, a yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's one of those uh, match the the icons to make blocks disappear. Sort of you, um, like Zoo. Yeah, it's one of those sort of match match the number of images in your um sort of rot- rotating the positions of images. But it's got a little bit of Tetris attack stuff where you're okay. like you're attacking the HP of the other Pokemon by doing combos of you know, oh, heck. yeah, those kind of things. You know how in like um Puyo Puyo Tetris, yeah. if you get like yeah, a yeah, good yeah. combo going, it damages the other person. It's that sort of mechanic. And again, there's like a you know story mode to battle through. Ooh. Um. And the other one I started playing was Pokemon Crystal, which Ooh. was the uh, gold and silver third iteration. And I I played gold, I played silver, I never got around to playing Crystal back in the day. So I thought, you know what, I want to revisit one of my favourite Pokemon games because it, you know, it it's a really fucking huge game. It had Gen 2, but it also had everything from Gen 1 in it. And um, I was like, I just really fancy revisiting that. Ooh. So I'm going back and playing Crystal. Uh, what about you? Um, I've been playing. Um, uh, I've been playing an early access game. <laughs> okay. I've been playing Littlewood. Ah, because it looks really sweet. I was like, "That's really sweet." So I'm, I'm assuming this is connected to Martin Littlewood as of Yogscasty. So. No, okay. I hear Littlewood, and I'm like, "Is this Yogscast?" That's understandable. Yeah. Um, it's. It- you're basically you're supposed to be like the hero of this land who defeated this dark wizard, but you've forgotten all of your memories, and you will find out people will be like, "Hey, do you remember when we did this thing?" And you'll be like, "No, okay. <laughs> well, I guess your memory hasn't come back, but anyway, it happened. That, that <laughs> thanks. So you're basically building a town, and people will turn up and be like, "Hey, I haven't got anywhere to live," and then you'll build them a house. And initially I was like, this is fun. I get to like raise no other landscape, sort of popular styly. I get to plant things. I get to sell things at the market mm. that I don't need. Um, I'm gathering wood. I'm gathering rock. I'm building houses. But as it's gone on, like the materials I need to build new houses, even though they're no bigger than any, like any of the previous houses, they're suddenly needing much fancier materials. Okay. Like, and obviously, as more people are moving in, it's becoming like less of a, well, sort of put somebody over here and I'll put somebody over here and I'll put somebody over here into I'm building a terrace. <laughs> I'm just I'm just building a terrace. That's that's what I have room for. Well, the other thing is they all have requirements. So if you put this little desk in their in their house, they'll be like, hey, I wish my house was only 16 blocks from the market. So like 
okay, well, I, I guess I can move you closer to the market. I had a whole idea. I was going to put, like, the the town in, like, little blocks of residential and commercial and industrial. But, but sure. But, but I guess I could knock down your house and move it over there. Um, you can, like, upgrade various buildings by spending materials, but then you'll have less materials for building other things. And it's got this thing where basically, instead of having energy or stamina, things just take time. Okay, so are we talking real world <clears throat> time? No, like, if you hit a tree and yeah. get wood out of it, that will take a block of time. Okay. And if you knock down a tree entirely, that might take three or four blocks of time. Okay. So you can only get so much done in a day. And and talking to people also takes time. Okay. So you get level ups for mining and cutting down trees or gathering resources or collecting um like bugs and talking to people and travelling with people. Hmm. Um and it it j- it just feels like there's never enough time. And that that's too much of a reality for me. Yeah. Like, in the first couple of hours, I was like, I'm enjoying this little loop. I'm building all this little community. I wonder what it's building to. And it really feels like there's fuck all else going on in this game. It feels like it's building towards, oh, no, there's too much to do and too little time. And oops, real life has happened. Yeah, because at, at, at the start of the game, it was very much a case of I've got time to chat to a couple of people, walk around with a person, compliment. Yeah. You get to compliment one person per day. No more. <laughs> Um, maybe do a bit of fishing, maybe do a little a little bit yeah. of harvesting, maybe build a new house. But before you know it, you've got all of these people who all want things. Yeah. Um, then you've got more people coming in. You've got quests you can go off and do in other areas. Like, if you run out of trees in your town, don't worry, you can go to the forest and then get on a spider. And the spider will take you to a place where there's just new trees that will regenerate every day that you can cut down for more resources. But, but that'll take time. But that'll take time not the traveling because you can do all the traveling for free but like that's it that's it It, you've gone for the day you're cutting down trees yeah you've upgraded your like uh lumberjacking skill yeah but there's no time for talking to all the people and you've got all these levels not building up it's like well i can't do that because basically i need like 15 levels in lumberjacking Oh, and I can't level up that because it needs wood. But turning uh, my raw logs into lumber takes time. And I've gone from, I can do a little bit of everything every day. So you're going, right, I'm going to spend the day lumberjacking. I'm not going to talk to anyone. I'm not going to do anything, any, anything yeah. else. And today it, I am lumberjacking. Tomorrow I'm processing the wood. The next day I might have enough to build something. And I feel like the talking to people is usually the appeal in these kind of games. Yeah. It's the thing that, like, that's your reward. Yeah. Um. The... the f- the farming, the fact that you start, you can only build, only plant six crops. Okay. It's like, so you're not trying to step on Stardew Valley, but you're not giving me enough time to be really sociable with things. Yeah. So what is it, the point it, of this it game? It sounds like it wants to be a lot of different um, town management games, and it's not focusing on any one of them, and it wants you, well, it wants you to focus on all of them simultaneously somehow. It's It's gone from feeling like a fun little town management sim to a clicker. Yeah. Go here, click, 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 click. You're out of energy, go to bed. Click, 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 click. Go do mm. this. Click, 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 That's click. That's a shame. It's a shame. I mean, it's only an early access, so yeah. maybe something will happen, but I've put about five hours into it now, and I've just stopped giving a fuck. That's fair. And as it's 
as it's only early access, I don't feel it fair to write it's, a review. Yeah. I might do like a an initial thoughts, but yeah. basically you've just heard them. Yeah. Well, they, see, this is this is why it's one thing I've always really appreciated about Animal Crossing is that Animal Crossing is a lot better at not pressuring you to be doing a million things at once, and that you can just do, this is what I fancy doing right now, I'll do that, and you'll probably be fine. Mm. Uh, have you played anything else? i played some more Deadly Premonition. How are you getting on with that? About 15 hours in, I've seen the, the trans thing that everyone will play. Oh, yes, the, the, uh, this is the, the gender non-conforming um, thing, yes. And by thing we mean the thing that happens rather than yes. the person. Yes, thing is discussed. not referring to the person. Thing is the thing that uh, the narrative event. Yes, um, I've not got much further beyond that, so I don't really know how it's being handled. But it, ooh, yeah, ooh. Uh, not not great. I've, I, I've done the flinch. I'll yeah. say that just the. Like, well, see, not this be good, is it? no, but like. You've been forewarned. It's uh-huh. not going to be so bad to know it's coming. If you'd if you'd hit that unknowingly, I think you'd have flinched a lot more. I think I'd probably just gone. No, fuck this shit. Yeah, it, there's there's the thing. It as I've said before, it's not it's not good that that is in the game. But I I, I look at it and just go, this person ended up making the missing, which was really lovely. And mm. I'm like, okay, I I will forgive the fact that this is kind of shitty and just brace for it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm braced for it. I want to know what happens with it. Like, yeah, I think pretty much anything else, I probably would have gone, oh fuck this shit, and turned it off. Especially yeah. considering, like, at the very beginning of the game, I was like, what's with that animation that character just did? Y- yeah, and I'm looking at it now, like, oh, yeah, oh, oh yikes. Yeah, no. When you were talking about that at the beginning, I was like, oh, don't, don't, don't say anything. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh. Don't get me wrong, there are some wacky fucking animations in this yes, game. Yes, but that specific character's brand of wacky animation is, uh, yeah, when you when you know what that's alluding to, mm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, uh, my, my not so much a review, but thoughts on it are, are spiralling. I think it might be one of the longest pieces I've ever written. Yeah, I, I, I'm very much excited about your idea of how to score this. Yes, uh, well, we'll not, we'll not spoil it. I won't spoil it, but it's, <laughs> it's. I think it's the only way anyone can score this game. Yes. Um. <clears throat> uh. Yeah. Have you got any others? Uh, I think the only other thing is I finished Untitled Goose Game. Hark. 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 Is there more to it than what we've seen? Um. So. Uh, when when we last talked about it, I think I played about an hour of it, mm-hmm. and I'd I'd played through two environments that were largely the same sort of concept. Mm-hmm. It was um, steal a bunch of items, uh, make a couple of events happen by honking at a person at the correct moment so they get startled. Um, you know, and that is c- kind of the 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 flow of the game. Um, it's two and a half hours to to completely finish a playthrough. Roughly, um, you've got roughly five areas that. They do kind of have a similar flow to them each time. Mm-hmm. Um, I there are definitely differences that pop up in terms of um, how do I put how do I put this? Um, interesting escalations of that set of mechanics. Like for example, um, there's one area I think it's the third area in the game where it's two houses back gardens and. You're having to do things as this goose to basically pit the two neighbors against each other rather than. 
directly hassling either neighbour. Okay. So, like, for one thing, you might uh, pull some of this man's uh, prized rose that's very, very tall um, up. So it's right behind the big bush that this lady, uh, you know, prunes and cuts oh. and uh, has you know, shaped into an object, and then you start, like, you know, biting at her pruned bush so that she, you know, gets her shears out to redo it, and oops, accidentally cuts the man's very fancy rose. It's, it's thing like, see, that's, that's interesting. It's using this shared space to get the two people to cause problems to yeah, each other. Yeah, an, in- an interesting bit of puzzle solving. Yeah, the, the, the puzzle solving definitely does step up. Mm. Um, there are puzzles that do new things with that set of mechanics. Um, I think it's worth playing through to the end because how do I put this? It ends on one very fun sequence of giving you a good contextual reason to go back through all those levels um, with one new very clear objective. And it ends on a gag that completely, like, all of my complaints about that game melted away when I saw their their ending gag. And I realised, like, oh, this narratively recontextualizes everything I've done, and now I find this really... F- I just find this really funny. I, okay. I, I don't know how to talk about it without ruining it. I've only it, seen but, um, your first video of it, so... Yeah, so... Did you record the rest of it? Uh, no, but I, I may well do, actually. Uh, I might do that tomorrow. Um, yeah... There is a gag at the end that is totally, um, it's like, ah, ha, 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 ah, fucking goose. It's, it's, it's good. It's, it's a little on the repetitive side. Like, the, I keep thinking about the two indie games I picked up last, uh, last week, the week before, um, mm-hmm. Sayonara Wild Hearts and Untitled Goose Game. And while Untitled Goose Game is longer, you know, it's about two and a half times the length to do a playthrough. I feel like Sayonara Wild Hearts has infinitely more value in replaying it and is a lot more mm, creative throughout its runtime. Like, it feels like it's constantly something new, something new, something new, something new. It's throwing a lot of inventive stuff at you. Like, mm. you know, Untitled Goose Game is it's it's cute and I'm glad I played it to completion it it did you know it did escalate a bit from you know that first hour yeah but i looking at the two it i, I understand that the goose character has a lot of charm and personality and that's you know well memes, twitter seems to think yeah so. memes and whatnot have definitely sort of grown that character but of the hmm. two games i think sayonara wild hearts is infinitely more interesting hmm. um i i like them both untitled goose game is a good game but like Here's, here's how I'll put it. Um, I got very excited today when I saw a, a physical, a limited run physical release of Sayonara Wild Hearts is happening, and I'm gonna gonna treat myself to a copy because fucking love that game. If I saw a limited run release of Untitled Goose Game go up, probably wouldn't bother. I'd be like, eh, I've played it, I've got it digitally, I'm fine. It, it hasn't crossed that threshold in indie games of. I need to own a physical version. It's yeah. not like a, you know, my To the Moon or my Undertale physical copy or anything mm. like that. What about oh. and what about you? Have you played anything else? Mm, played. I've done a bit of a create like like you with your thing. I got a graphics tablet. Oh heck, yeah, you do. I got a fancy graphics tablet. You, you you've got one of them graphics Thanks, tablets. Mystery person. What has a screen and you can I do. you can draw directly onto the screen. I can. How are you getting on with it? Uh, I drew a picture of, of of you, me, and Becky, and it's on Twitter, and it's adorable. It's on Twitter. 
that it 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 it, it them, the, the girlfriends in in the image. It is very in, cute. In, in the Kigus. Kigu girls. Yeah. So there's <laughs> you as a bunny and me as a cat, uh, and Becky as a gremlin. And we all look adorable. Very adorable. Ah, uh, is it nice having the ability to draw using a pen and yes. then Control Z to undo? Oh, the number of times I can just go. That's an, that that line. Oh no, not that line. That, no, not that line. That, that line. And the, just the fact that I can, like, hotkey control Z to one of the buttons on the side, just, <laughs> just like, that's really nice. Yeah. D- digital art is really nice when you can just do it as easily as you would mm. art on a piece of paper. Yeah. With I'm, the luxuries of digital. I'm definitely going to do a couple of art streams. Um, yeah. Like, because th- there's stuff I want to do anyway, just for yeah. sort of silly stuff. And I did an art stream with a mouse a little while back because we needed um we needed badges for my Twitch and people were like, Do do an art stream if you want to do an art stream I was like, Okay, we'll do an art stream <laughs> And it was quite nice because like in conversation sort of during that people uh it was sort of suggested like, Hey that thing you're drawing looks like this <laughs> So we did something slightly different and now that exists as an entirely separate badge because of things that were brought up during that. Yeah, that's lovely. Um, so like, and there's been talk about other stuff that we could make like from from other streams that we've done. Yeah. It'd be nice to do sort of art or a thing. Well, now that you've got the ability to do art more easily, I'm yeah. gonna have to get your help to do some stuff on my Twitch, some some hey, some I'm badges more, and whatnot. I'm more than happy to do thing. <laughs> Although you know, you talked about putting butts on there, and given that I saw uh, somebody had their SpongeBob uh, emote, like. Flagged, yeah, for, for for indecency. Did you see this? No, I didn't see it's, this. Uh, it's it's a, a shot from a, the actual SpongeBob cartoon. A SpongeBob having split his pants. Oh, there is no butt beneath that, <laughs> that, those pants, but still, it was flagged as being too suggestive. <laughs> it's like, wow. wow. Well, I guess there's not going to be any butts in your thing. Probably not. But, but maybe we can get your tiny blue. Blob friend, yeah, who's legally blue, distinct, legally distinct blue blob friend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll come up with some ideas. Yeah, uh, I'm more than happy to give that a try. Heck, it's been very nice seeing you, seeing you do art. I like doing art. Yeah. It's it's just a case of having time to do so. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and I think it'd be nice to be able to sort of make some of the streams art streams. Because then I'll get to create something and still do streams, and hopefully people will enjoy the drawings. Yeah. Yeah. Heck. Yeah. So what about you? You got any others? That's everything I've played. Well then, <gasps> time for this. For this. For this. Are you a recently out trans person? Yes. Are you struggling with the concept of going shopping? It's really difficult. There's all sorts of people everywhere. It's a whole ordeal. Would you like somewhere where you can just shop in private without worrying about how people are judging you? Without oh. worrying about whether or not you'll be questioned going into the changing room with the clothes you've picked out? Honestly, there's nothing I want more right now. Try Personal Shopper. Take a ticket and get access to our full clothing store by yourself. With a friend, or with a single member of staff selected by you. Designed by trans women who struggled with clothes shopping when they first came out, and the fear they felt for the judgement of buying and trying on clothes when they were first coming out. Shop in safety. Shop in comfort. At Personal Shopper. Thank you, Personal Shopper. You've taken the stress out of the dress. So, everyone, it's been a fantastic week coming up with every word in existence. Um... It is Friday afternoon, and we do want to get this project done this week, so we we just got like a few words left we need to come up with for things. 
Has anyone um has anyone got a word ready for uh the, something that another person owns. It is. It is blank. Um. Oh, it's, it's theirs. Well, didn't we already use theirs like t- twice? Didn't we use that for there is and did, and we already used that one. Well, it's spelled differently. I feel like I feel like people are going to notice if we do that. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. So we got. The one we got that word for picking between um, multiple things, but we got a name. The magic ladies with the pointy hats. Oh, um, I don't know which the best word is for that. You which got... what? Which that'll do. Well, again, we've already used which. We used it for picking between lots of. I know it's a Friday afternoon and you all want to be going home, but don't you reckon if we use the same word for multiple things, it's a, gonna get confusing, and B, someone's gonna stop and ask what we were doing. Oh, that sounds a bit homophobic to me. Oh, homophone. Clock it off! <laughs> so, <gasps> why has it been bored in your eyes? Uh, we put a thing in bo- in our eyes together over dinner. Oh. We watched the first episode of season four of The Good Place. The last season, no less. Yeah, so I'm. I'm personally really glad that they're wrapping the good place, you know, up to a finale this season because, like, I feel like it would feel cheap to not have this particular narrative arc they're doing be where it ends to try and drag it out further. Mm. And I want it to just have a nice, you know, a satisfying conclusion and be done. I think it's good when a series knows its limits and and can say, like, hey... Let's just wrap it up while it's still good, yeah. rather than go on forever and just this, lose everything. Yeah. This show's season finales and tie into its next seasons have always been so solid that I've every time they they don't finish the show and do another season, I'm constantly terrified of is this going to be the one where they fuck it up? Yeah. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, for anyone who's not aware of the show, we've talked about it before. Um, a bunch of people uh happen to discover that they are. They are dead, and they are in the good place, and uh, the, our main character does not think she is supposed to be there. She's not necessarily lived a good life, and she's like, oh shit, I'm in heaven. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta lay low. What if they find out? Yeah, I gotta lay low. Can't let them know that I'm not meant to be up here. Yeah. Um, and it and escalates from there over yes, four seasons. Um, that, that show's first season surprise is like one of the fucking best moments of TV yeah. I have ever seen. And it, you know, it manages to continue being a good show after yeah. that. Like, it doesn't it doesn't just get the only good idea it has out of its head at the end of that first season and go, okay, we've got nowhere to go from there. Yeah, they did a really good job with it. Um, yeah. uh, I'm glad they got what they did out of it, and mm. I'm glad they, they're knowing to wrap it at the right yeah. time. I, I'm enjoying the new character conflicts in season four mm-hmm. of the new... This is what a person is acting like or experiencing. How do we, how do we deal with that? Yes. How do you deal with someone who's in in a certain state of of thought? Well, that's, that's I'm trying sh- not to do spoilers. Yeah, it, it is very much what the series is about. But, but I think it's it's obviously we're experiencing other philosophical aspects. Yes, the show has always been about how. How people's philosophical perspectives um, 
affect who they are or how they act in given scenarios. Yeah, it's largely about philosophy and morality. Yeah, and I'm very intrigued to see what they do with the philosophical problems uh, posed by this last season. Mm. Um, what about you? Have you watched anything else this week? Uh, well, before I mention my thing, I'm going to give a quick content warning for sexual assault. Ah, and advise yeah. everyone to skip forward about five minutes if that's not uh, if if that's going to be a problem. I uh, know what you're about to talk about, and I want to see it, but I need a day when I'm in the right headspace. Okay, so warning starts now. Skip forward about five minutes. I watched Cameron Esposito's rape jokes. Yeah, which is her stand-up special. Um, for uh, with it's available for free on cameraesposito.com, I believe. Yeah, and uh, but they suggest a at least a minimum five dollars donation to a um sexual assault charity. Yeah, um, for 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 survivors. Uh, Cameron herself is somebody who has been sexually assaulted. Yeah, um, and it's it's been flagged up a few times by. Various people. I think Travis McElroy's mentioned it on yeah, something um, Cameron, as being, yeah. "Hey, if you're going to tell these kind of jokes, be funny about it." Because Cameron Esposito is funny about it. Well, it's, but it's not punching down. Yeah, it's not making fun of people who have been raped. Yes. It's taking the the situation and trying to find something uplifting in, or find trying to find the fun funny in that without making fun of the victims. Indeed, it it makes fun of the people who do it and the the society that has created that. Yeah. But it's obviously not... I mean, she does make fun of herself many times during that show. Um, But again, it's very different when it's from the place of someone who has been a victim talking about their experiences as opposed to someone externally going, this is what rape victims are like. And there are... because basically the show opens with sort of systems telling jokes about things about the society, uh, the, the state of society, uh, men in power getting away with things, mm. um, growing up Catholic and the need for proper sex ed and how that can sort of yeah. lead you to not really understand the things. Yeah. Um, Realising she was a lesbian, uh, the need for personal agency, which again came out of yeah. like growing up Catholic of like, I didn't know I could say not this thing. Yeah, and and the thing is, is you get so many comedians, uh, particularly straight white male comedians, who mm. complain about like, oh, no topic should be off the table for comedy, and it's like, you're right, but you're n- you as a straight white cis dude are not always the right person to do the comedy, or your jokes about that thing might just not be funny. Like yes. the jokes have to be funny; they have to be from the right person at the right time. Like it. You know, there are correct and incorrect ways to do humour on certain topics. Yeah. Um, What else was there? So, yeah, the need for personal agency and, like, understanding that you can say, hey, this is... Like, because there's a whole thing about how she didn't know that there was a choice of just saying no to certain things. Yeah. Uh, And and no to society and and that you have to be with a a man as, as somebody who grew up uh, female um i think there is a little bit of stuff about cameron's divorce cuz she used to be married to a non-binary person and they've recently got divorced but like generally that that they're not she's not speaking badly of of her ex which is yeah. is always good uh, the need for proper sex ed uh, realizing she was a lesbian um the actual sort of story about how she was sexually assaulted, or and it's not deeply graphic, but it it is 
sort of like, hey, this is the situation that happened. And then, like, what you can do to not be that person. Um, yeah. And sort of, because she talks about, like, this person that was stalking her yeah. and that somebody stepped up and, and helped her and there is a really funny bit about being the person that just steps up um, yeah. and, and how that will be your legacy um, it's it's funny and insightful it's there there is like a, a real moment of just like mm, when she talks about the the sexual assault but like she works around it. She is funny in lots of other ways. Um, the editing on it is slightly weird. It feels like it was deliberately cut down to be dead on an hour. Okay, um, yeah. So there's yeah. a couple of times where it, there's like there'll be like almost a jump cut between yeah. a word. Be like, I feel like you cut something out there, or maybe clips a couple of nights together. Yeah. To get better order, which is totally fair. It's fine, but you you do notice it in a few mm. places, like particularly in, like. That's clipping in a weird way. Uh, just to uh, warn you, you've got 20 seconds left. I know, I'm really hurrying up. Um, yeah, um, I think I have mentioned all of the things about it. So, yeah, that was that was all of my thoughts about Heck. it. It's it's free. Um, you, with a suggested donation, so, yeah. You did that in pretty much exactly five minutes. <sighs> I was keeping an eye on the time. Um, yeah, so was I. Um, I. All I will say is, I have been meaning to watch that. I've heard nothing but positive things. I have always enjoyed anything that Cam Cameron Esposito has been involved in that I have come across. It is just finding the right day and right time that, you know, you've got to be in the right place for these things sometimes. Exactly. I mean, if you want someone to sit with you, um, I will happily sit and watch them. Mayhaps at the weekend, perhaps. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, have you watched anything else? On the complete opposite end of the, you know, <laughs> meaningful media uh, landscape, I watched. Uh, uh, let me let me find the exact name because you know Ooh. it has one of those, you know, anime names that could be anything. Um, oh. Yu-Gi-Oh! Dark Side of Dimensions, which is a movie, uh, a Yu-Gi-Oh! movie, based kind of around the characters of the original Yu-Gi-Oh! series, but more so the, the, the manga versions of those characters. Okay. Um, it's basically an alternate um, story told about six months after the end of the, the anime's story, uh -huh. uh, or the manga's story. Um, basically, quick summary, Yu-Gi-Oh! It's about magical trading cards and ancient Egypt, and there's a there's a, there's a pharaoh trapped in a puzzle that a kid wears around his neck that's really good at playing card games. And at the end of the show, the pharaoh goes back in time, back to be the pharaoh in Egypt, and it goes goes and becomes a ghost back in Egypt, and just stops living in the puzzle with the with the boy. Um, the, the the pharaoh ghost is really good at playing card games, and there's a guy who makes that runs the company that makes all the cards, uh, Kaiba, who you know, he is very very upset that he 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 is not as good at card games as as this pharaoh. So that's your summary of Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, this is like six months after that. Um, Kaiba has basically gone, yeah, I know that Yugi says that, like, you know, the pharaoh's gone back to, you know, back to be a pharaoh back in the past, but I'm gonna go dig up the pieces of that puzzle and put that puzzle back together and drag that pharaoh back to, back to current day, you know, where he does not want to be, so that I can beat him in a card game, because I'm still a fucking sore loser about the fact that I never beat this guy in a card game. Um, so... There's a big end of the world plot that gets introduced because of course there is, um, and 
the way that the way that Yu-Gi-Oh movies always seem to have this thing where they never just they never make the the end point of the Yu-Gi-Oh movie just a Yu-Gi-Oh duel because that's kind of what I want is I just want a big visual budget high stakes cool dramatic well shot like with some cool music Yu-Gi-Oh match and every time they do a Yu-Gi-Oh movie they're always like nope we need a new gimmick about how duels work in this movie that they they work differently for the, for this one movie. So this one has a whole gimmick where you have to... Uh, when you summon a monster, you don't have to tribute for it, but you can choose what its attack power is up to its, you know, listed on the card attack power, but if it's destroyed, you lose that many life points. So the stronger you choose to make it, the more life points you're risking by summoning it. It's a weird mechanic that doesn't need to be there. and Because... The appeal of that movie is, hey, it's been a decade or so since the Yu-Gi-Oh! anime finished. Here's an excuse for us to have Yugi and Kaiba do a duel again in cool, really nice visuals. And that's all I really wanted to see, and I kind of got that. Um, it it was kind of a sweet film. It was tacky and anime as hell. Um, <laughs> and completely... It, it, the plot was set up in such a way that it basically might as well have never happened. But... I got to watch two hours of the the cast of Yu-Gi-Oh doing more things, and then some cool like here's here's a new art art style for that monster that you know and like, and here's here's some dueling happening, and ah oh, they're they're doing trading cards and shouting at each other, and that's all I really wanted out of it. I knew it wasn't going to be a particularly highbrow viewing experience, and I didn't need it to be. I'm glad you got exactly what you needed. I got exactly what I needed, which was a lot of people shouting at each other and summoning trading cards. <laughs> yeah. Hooray! Yay! Uh, have you watched anything else this week? Um, well, after last week's intro, I thought I should do the decent thing and watch The Joy of Painting with Bob Ross. Yeah! Because how... I'd never seen it before. So, how did you get on with it until that fourth uh, episode? <laughs> There's another one as well. Okay, okay. Um, he... It's it's interesting, and it made me want to do more painting. Yeah, Bob... Uh, although those techniques are really difficult, even on a graphics tablet. Yeah. So, for anyone who's not aware of Bob Ross, he was just a... He's a man with a, with a curly hair who just very gently talks about how he's going to paint a happy little tree. Some happy little trees. And just the almighty some, brush. See, there's some happy little trees. <laughs> he just... He's just very... He's very positive about, like, ah, it's fine. He's very positive about landscapes. He loves a good landscape. Yeah. He loves a mountain... Loves he, a happy little he, cloud. He, he wants to tell everyone that everyone can do art. Don't don't be so hard on yourself. Yep. Just 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 do it. Yep. And, and he'll even slip in. You know, these you can sell these for ridiculous prices <laughs> uh, if you want to make yourself a bit of money on the side. And <laughs> uh, and and there's my son. He he he's a painter too, but he's a lazy painter because he only paints when he needs the money. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, okay, but you seem to be doing a lot of encouraging of hey, you too could like sell this for a lot of money. Like it's, it's beautiful art. As I especially like the clouds. I'm a big fan yeah. of the happy little clouds. I, I really like his happy little trees. He uh, makes very yeah. nice happy little trees. He does. I would love to be able to do some of that stuff digitally because there was one. I think like episode, possibly three or four. It's a night scene in snow. I think it might be episode four because it was. I think it was the same. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. With with that we'll, moment, we'll get there in a second. Um, and just the moon looks perfect for this thing I've been trying to draw for ages, but I don't have the like pen and paper talent to do so. And maybe like 
oil on canvas is the way, or yeah. maybe I could work out a way to do it digitally. But like some of the the like the stuff around the moon and like yeah. that stuff was really interesting. But basically, it's all landscapes. He doesn't paint like animals. He doesn't paint people. I will occasionally do an animal in the distance, the yeah. silhouette of an animal. Might vaguely. I mean, I've not got to that yet, but like, I'm most of the way through season one. Yeah. But it's just really calm and gentle. It's, and it's just really like, wholesome, generally. It's generally really wholesome, but then there was this bit <laughs> in episode four where oh. he's just he's drawn this beautiful like snow scene and the, the, the mountain in the distance and and the moon and the clouds around them, the happy little clouds around the moon, and then he's just like, let's just imagine that there was uh, there was a a, a a a a trapper living here. And he, and he he's he's got, he's got the palette knife out and he's just like scraping in like a, a little little house and he's like now let's just imagine there was a a, a a a trapper that used to live here and one night he went to check out his beaver traps and uh, he fell in the creek and drowned. <laughs> <laughs> like wow, we 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 really fucking escalated from happy well, little clouds. Like, huh? It's like I agree with your uh, sentiment, uh, your your sentiment towards trappers. Absolutely, but like I was not ready. <laughs> My body was not prepared. I was not prepared for you to allude to a dead body in the lake. Right? <laughs> it's it's just really calming background stuff, though. Oh, it's lovely. Although, like the the music they use in that show is really. <laughs> Sometimes it's really weird. It's occasionally very. Inc- it's occasionally a bit uh, deadly premonition. It's like that's some weirdly unfitting music you've put here. Yeah, I mean, I guess that it was music that would take up half an hour while someone painted. Yeah. Um, and there, Bob's just got this really calming ASMR voice <laughs> that occasionally talks about people falling in the lake and dying. You can see why people got really into the fact that for a while Twitch just had a twenty-four hour Twitch stream of just. Just tune in and see some Bob Ross. Well, I think what it was is I found um, a link to like a documentary video about why people can't buy Bob Ross paintings. Yeah. Um, and that was like made me go, hey, you know what? I've never watched any Bob Ross. I will give this a look. Um, basically, they're just not for sale. Yeah. He painted three versions of everything that appeared on that show. Yeah. So like one as a like a pre-show sketch, the one that you see in the show, and then one afterwards. That is dedicated to it to do his mother, um, and is like a like this is the 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 prime the rare quality version of, yeah. of this this same picture. They are all boxed up and stacked up, not even in like specially temperature controlled building, just in this thing owned by some of his family. Wow. Um, and yeah, and and they 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 sell like Bob Ross art supplies, and yes. they they are in control of the estate and stuff, yeah. and they they just have them, and they they're just I, not for sale. I, I I am endlessly amused by the existence of those paint by numbers with Bob Ross kits that exist. Uh, there is a Mabim Bam bit about uh <laughs> oh yeah this this one's a me and Bob Ross collab. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh... Um, but yeah, like it's. It's really inspiring and he's very calming. Yeah. Some of his terminology is a bit weird. Yeah. Like, why is everything almighty? I'm just <laughs> going to put in an almighty mountain using the almighty brush on my almighty easel. Oh, yeah. And some magic white. It's, it's just, it's just 
very pleasant, easy to watch. It's so good. There's, there's never going to be anything too distressing in a Bob Ross video. No, especially if you don't like trappers. Yeah. So, yeah, sorted. <laughs> um, have you watched anything else? No, that's everything I've watched. I uh, watched some Lego Great Ball Contraption videos. Oh, yeah. Do, do you know about these? I don't think I do. So, at like a bunch of the US, I don't know if they do it here as well or, or in Europe, but like the, a bunch of the big US um, Lego conventions, they encourage people coming to contribute a module to this Great Ball Contraption. And oh. sometimes they'll do like a here is this year's design. If you want to contribute a design, it can look exactly like this. If you've got these pieces, build it, bring it along. We'll put a tag in front of it, and that'll be your contribution, and then you can take it back at the yeah. end of the day. But we will pump balls through it all day long. Yeah. Uh, and it can stand on this big table, and sometimes they'll have like up to 200-plus of these modules <laughs> on huge, like, 72-odd tables the size oh, of an aircraft wow. hangar. And it'll just be balls going through this contraption, and it, some of them are just like... Steps up with little ramps at the end. Some of the, uh, like that is that's just a simple thing, or like a w- a wheel that will sort of escalate things up. The only rules are like it's it's got to get balls through uh, at a sort of one in uh, one per second. Yeah, rate. Yeah. Um, but there's things like counters. Like it might put um like for every ball that comes in, it will get, it will count them. To the point where they'd counted, like, 20,000 plus balls going through it. Ooh. It was only holding, like, sort of maximum about, like, 50 at a time. Yeah. But just sort of the way it counted them all up, and it, it was almost Minecraft-esque, and it's just, yeah. wow, you really went for this. And it, oh. like, using sort of weights and counterbalances. Or that sounds so satisfying. It is. Oh. I, the weird thing is, like, I saw this thing, it was like, oh, great, ball contraption. I'll just click on that. And I was sitting there watching it, and I hadn't even thought about it. And next thing I know, I was like, this has been on a really long time. Clicked on it. I was 23 minutes into a 56-minute video of just going around this huge-ass table of, of, like, and here's this thing. There's, like, a ramp. This thing shoots things up into a bucket (laughs) over there. This thing does this. Like, there's lots of the sort of default, hey, we... I contributed a thing according to the, the thing, but I'm part of this. And then some people will decorate them with just like, I just put some minifigures on that just to make it yeah. like a bit more me. And then you'll get people who really go all out and theme it. There's trains and things, oh, shuttling things heck. back and forth. Like uh, just the way it all connects together and the fact I, it's all Lego. <laughs> I can tell you that this is one million percent my jam and I need this video. Because, Check like, my Facebook f- from uh, I think Saturday. There is a 56 yeah. odd minute video of um, I think a 2018 GBC. T- tomorrow while I work that's just going to be on loop on my second screen because like... <laughs> oh, you don't have to even loop it. There's so many of them from various oh, years. Because that's the thing is... I love stuff just just going and going and going and doing the thing. Well, they're, they're talking you through oh each of the little oh, modules. This this is going to be my jam. Oh, it's great! Like there's there was one of them where like at the very end of it they put in like a almost road, robot <gasps> wars esque thing where the kids could come and sit and play with this little robot and just shove the balls as they came onto this like little football pitch into this hopper that pushed them back to the beginning <gasps> of the thing. Oh. And it was a place for like, hey, if any balls have fallen off of this because like they got just sprayed off because yeah. like some bit was slightly out of whack, just hey kids, just come and put them in this bit. And if you want, come and race the remote control thing and just push them into oh. the. If if this weekend we happen to do costume <laughs> making, can we just like stick one of these yeah, videos on I'm the telly? Because like, 
I'd be really up for that. So yeah, Lego uh, Lego GBC videos, they're yeah. really satisfying. Yay! Um, we looked at a thing together, or I looked at a thing and then I sent you a link. Uh, link to the past <gasps> in Dragon Quest Builders 2. Oh my god. Someone's recreated the overworld. <laughs> and people, a lot of the interiors. People have got too much time and skill <laughs> on their and hands. And I very much appreciate that. Yeah, no, that's an amazing... <laughs> just... If you like A Link to the Past and you have heard us waffle on about Dragon Quest Builders 2 and how great that game is, just go watch that video and just soak in what someone achieved. Yeah, like apparently it was 155 hours of building. Doesn't surprise me. Although that does make me realise, apparently I had... Um, I could have done that like three times in the time I spent <laughs> on Pokemon and I'm like, did I waste that time? No. No. <laughs> Um, and the last thing I've watched is a bunch of um, Daniel Thrasher piano skits. Oh, yes. Don't know how I came into that to get to get that into my, hey, you should watch this. It's a person who plays piano really rather well, and they just do skits about what it's like to be somebody who plays piano, or what it's like when you don't want to play piano, but maybe you've got a family member who's like, I paid a lot of money for lessons. Yes. Okay, I guess I'll just play for release again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just like silly little things like that, or really what, fun. What it's like from the outside when uh, you're playing with headphones on, <laughs> just like did you could just hear the, the just the buttons <laughs> clacking. Uh, I very much you sent me down a rabbit hole. I very much enjoyed this person's uh, content. Yeah, I don't know what the rest of their stuff's like, but I enjoyed their piano Ooh, skits. They were I, very silly. I did have one other thing Ooh. to throw in quickly. I Ooh. finished season two of Disenchantment. Ooh, uh, Disenchanted. How, is, is it good? Uh, yeah, it's really good. Better but, than the first one? Uh, very much. Um, the second season's entire arc uh, basically is, um, hey, a lot of a lot of situations get fucked up because men will not listen to women who know what they're talking about, and women going, no, no, fuck you. <laughs> um, there there is a lot of um commentary on like ah the. Middle Ages, uh, a woman is competent, must be a witch, like <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. Um, there is a there is a lot of like, oh no, a woman knows things and is competent. But um, <laughs> this is yeah, and I really like the way that that. Mm, how do I put this? At the beginning of season two, there is a character set up to be a villain who, after this particular narrative arc, I come to the end and. You know, they just show her presence, and that's enough for me to, at the end of the season, go, mm, maybe she was right, though. Maybe. Because, <laughs> like, after a season of watching all these very shitty men fuck everything up for everyone, um, and this female character, like, knowing what they're doing and being roadblocked along the way, I'm like, maybe the villain was right. Maybe, Ooh. maybe the villain knew something. Ah. Which is always a pleasant thing to experience in media to go, Maybe. Indeed. Um, I very much enjoyed season two. Okay, well, I'll check that out when I have some free time. Yeah, there was the, the humor was all all positive and well meaning, and um, I still feel very bad for a particular character from early on in that series who deserved better than he got. It was too pure. It was too good. Um, but I believe that's everything I've watched. Well then, <gasps> time for this. Larry, Larry, 
we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? This week's sponsor are Video Game Controller Repair School. Oh, tell me about them. What do they do? Well, imagine it, right? You, 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 you console maker, say they're just making controllers that are known to have a flaw. And yeah. They're not really recognising that. Yeah, you, you go and complain to them about that flaw and they go, what flaw? Never heard of it. Exactly. So basically, Video Game Controller Repair School is basically just giving you all of the instructions, all of the details, all of the little information you need, and helping you find equipment for how you can carry out repairs on your own video game controllers. Oh, wow. Uh, Is it as safe as handing it to someone who actually knows what they're doing? No, but it's cheaper. Yeah. and... And you don't have to deal with, like... Automated customer service. Yeah, and I guess I don't have to deal with not having my controllers for like multiple weeks at a time while they Possibly fix them. Possibly months. Yeah, no, that's not a good thought. No. So if I want to fix my own controllers, where do I go? Just head over to vcrs.lol.net <gasps> and enter the codes Q and PS86, and you will get a whopping 86% off. Your first pack containing uh, a full set of a uh, a single thumbstick and all of the uh, the screw- specialized screwdrivers and a special little cleaning solution thing that you need to change your first controller on any of the the major brand of controllers. Uh, and I'm glad that you said your first pack because this problem ain't going away anytime soon. You're gonna be repairing them a lot. I I'm afraid so. But yeah. you know, the, like the fact that you'll be able to do it yourself is gonna cost you considerably less than it would have yeah. done otherwise. Yeah. And considerably less than a whole new controller. Indeed. As they're overpriced, those controllers. Yeah, so that's a vcrs.lol.net and enter the code QMPS86. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks. Hi, hi, hi. How's, uh, how's your day of, uh, Businessy business business meetings been going. Well, you know, I've uh, had a few concerns. You know, the, the 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 grunts, the workers, they're they're concerning me. I must be honest. What why, why are they doing that's concerning you? So they are working on the power of collective bargaining. They are they're the U word has come up. Oh oh no, not the not the U word. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, they're talking about... I can barely be myself. I, I, I find it easier to, uh, you know, say a word that sounds kind of like the word, because I can't actually get it out, so... um, Have they been talking about onion ionization? Onion ionization. Onion yeah. ionization. Yeah. Yeah. They're, uh, they're onionizing. They're onionizing. Yeah. It's, uh, it started as just, like, a few of them. We sack those, but, like, they're, they keep coming out of the woodwork, these dirty commies. They're, uh... Well, you see, they've realized that problem, that we can't... We can't fire literally all of them. I mean... Because, like, then we would have to work. Hmm. You make a good point. And this is the problem. I think they've realized we can't fire them all. Well, I, I've proposed that we, uh, just to sort of stop these murmurings, that we, uh, we bring in some new office things to, to stop them, you know, stop these things before they even start. Right, So right. I, I've banned them from uh, having, like, birthday collections, like whip rounds for people's birthdays. Oh, of course, of course. Obviously then they'll realize that they can pool resources between them. Yeah, and, don't, don't let and, them realize and, that, no. Exactly. Um, we're stopping, um, we're, we're, we're building the, the walls on their little cubicles higher. 
Yeah, less communication. I forget about yeah. the fact there's more, more of you than us. You might not even see that there are other people in the office. You don't need to know about the yeah. other people. There are many, many fewer of you than us. There is only one of you and several bosses. You don't need to think about the other people that may or may not work on your floor. No. You might say it's petty, but uh, I, I, I'm really drilling it right down. I've even stopped them holding the door open for each other. Oh, yeah, no, that's that's helping each other toward, a, you know, a, a greater good, and that's yeah. not what we're about. No, no, <laughs> oh. no. So those are all in the employee handbook now. None of those things are uh, allowed. And um, we've also made it so that the only union we recognize is one that isn't actually even for this industry. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, You, my friend, are a fucking genius. I know. So, what have you put in your ears this week? In mine ears? Have you put much in your ears no, this I week? No, I put, like, one thing in my ears do you this want, week. Do you want to get that one thing out the way, then I'll rattle mine off. Uh, Quirpline, Season 2, uh, from the Loading Ready Run people. It's, it's a fake local radio station yeah. thing with lots of very silly characters. It's it uh, The way I would describe it is, what if Welcome to Night Vale lent more into the silly and less into the slightly unsettling? Yes. If it was a little less horror. Yeah, if it was just like ridiculous locals um, and the ridiculous things they do, but in like a very sort of small town kind of way, like yeah. you've got the f- the farmer and the corn maze You've got the ridiculously inept uh, um, intern. You've got the the guy who's supposed to report the traffic from the copter, who very rarely manages to talk about the traffic. Yeah. You've got the 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 rum tunnels, which were previously used by pirates many many years ago. <laughs> There's this whole history of this fictional yeah. town, of, uh, county of Innsbruck. It's really Innsburg. delightful. Y- yeah, it's very silly and like. Okay, they've polished it a bit from the first season because in the first season they still used to put no, I like like completely corpsing. Yeah, just like I can't keep going. I'm just gonna have to give me a minute. This is too ridiculous. Like, um, there's one in I think it's the first episode where mm. this hippie woman rings up to talk about all the weefies. Oh, the weefies. Um, from yeah, from the first season of like the first first season first episode. Which I went back to listen to recently yeah. because I was like, there's only three episodes of the new season. <laughs> um, but you can see how they've sort of honed characters along the way and got more into, we're going to make it one continuous day, we're going to take out all the laughing stuff. <laughs> but like, and that's available for free on YouTube. It's very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, you can jump into random episodes and generally they're pretty self-contained. Yeah, uh, like, you don't need to know about the recurring characters. Yeah. You might appreciate them slightly. You might get a bigger laugh out I, of them. I very much enjoyed the out-of-context episode I heard about the, the chili fair. Uh, yeah, like season two, episode three, I think. Yeah. And you've heard maybe, like, two or three other I've episodes. I've heard a couple of bits here and there, but, you know... Yeah. But the fact that you can still appreciate it with... Very much, yeah. Like, it's it's not a hard concept to pick up. It's two people on the radio interviewing people. There's only so much you can do from that and still confuse. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun silliness. All right. Shall I go through my couple of do it. songs Tell us I all listen the good to? Things. I'll skim through them nice and quick. Um, I very much enjoyed a track called I Listened by a band called Apes of the State. Um... Sort of an acoustic femme punk, a punk track about um, 
what it's like to pay attention and listen to a crush who's obviously kind of oblivious to how you feel about them. Um, like, the whole track is basically, uh, th- this person she's got a crush on, you know, is like, oh, you're terrible at listening. And then she's like, oh, I made this song to go like, hey, I-, I don't think I'm terrible at listening. Here is all the things I remember about you because I fucking really like you. And by the end of it, it's like, oh, that's that's a lot of really sweet, specific... Di- like, it very much hones that that the category of things you tend to remember about someone that you really like. Where it's like, uh, I like this, and I, like, I know you like this, and this, and this, and I remember you saying this. But also, these are the these are the emotional things I remember because I I I feel for your feelings. I'm like, oh, it's it's kind of bittersweet, but it's lovely. Um, I also really enjoyed a track called Switzerland by a band called The Sonder Bombs. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the sound of both like the music and the vocalist, it sounded a lot like uh, Paramore. Not necessarily the sort of like um, pop punk era Paramore, but the sort of Slightly slower, slightly more melodic later stuff that Paramore did. Mm. Um, uh, the track, you know, initially romanticizes Switzerland a little bit, but the the bigger overarching narrative of the the lyrics is more about um, wanting to be somewhere new when life goes wrong. You know, wanting to be able to have lots of new starts, try out lots of new lives, just sort of like not wanting to have to commit to anything too much. Just like, oh, I'll just I'll just try a bunch of stuff. I'll eventually work out what my life's going to be. Hmm. Uh, interesting little track. Um, there was a uh, sort of comedy track called Don't You Know by Tim H. Um, it's got a sort of mask vocalist um, singing about various common turns of phrase and how they're not as reassuring as you would hope they would be necessarily. Um, taking them very literally. Like, um, the one that jumps to mind is the very first one is something like, um, when people talk about how there's plenty more fish in the sea, it's like, that's not reassuring. I wanted one very specific fish. If anything, the fact there's lots of fish in the sea is going to make it very hard for me to find the fish I want. Um, it's, it's a lot of, like, just... As someone that has many a time in my life taken a turn of phrase a little too literally, um, I found I found some some humour in in his uh, observations oh. of of turns of phrase. Yeah. Um, and uh, there was there was one called "Our Word" by Jesse Shelton. Um, it's got a really fun um, sort of like femme vocaled like jazz sound to it. Oh. Um, it's like five, six minutes long. It's one of those like very telling a big long narrative over like double a song length kind of tracks. Yeah. Um, the narrative is about this little girl who ends up like accidentally breaking something in her dad's office she wasn't meant to be in, and her mum's just like, "It's all right. We'll we'll just fucking deny it." It's, it's, it's like what what ship in a bottle? You never had a ship in a bottle. We we never saw a ship in a bottle. It must have rolled off the shelf by itself. A gust of wind, you know. It'll be our word against his. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Gaslighting. It's well, that's it. Is it? It's it's presented in the start of the song as like, "Don't worry, don't worry. I'll have your back. You won't get in trouble." But the narrative escalation of that is um, that she ends up sort of getting into these situations where it's like. Uh, I covered for I would cover for one of my parents and they would cover for me. Then I'd cover for the other parent and they would cover for me. Um, and eventually it sort of escalates more. Like she is 
clearly getting into some life event problems and her parents are both going, it's fine, we'll, we'll, we'll basically just be your alibi to cover for whatever you've done. And, like, it's a real escalation of what starts off as, like, a little white lie to not get, like, this eight-year-old in trouble. Escalating. I need to hide a body. To being like, no, 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 we, uh, she's, she's never driven a boat in her life. She wouldn't even know how to drive a boat into the middle of a lake and dump a body. What do you want about? Um, Okay. It's, it, it's a bit absurdist, but like this this kind of fun jazz thing under it, the way it builds the narrative, like it's not a narrative about a good person by any means, but it's a fun telling of a narrative. Mm. Um It kind of reminds me of something like, um definitely not the same genre, but like uh Bill and Annie, that uh track we talked about recently that was in Welcome to Night Vale, in that Pitches. I may not agree with the motivations or choices of the characters, but it's a really oh. interesting piece of music at telling a narrative. Yes. Um, and the only other one I, I listen to is probably the song I've listened to most out of the Steven Universe movie. Oh. Uh, Disobedient. Which one was that? Uh, that's the one that Sadie sings oh. uh, in, the sort of, oh, yeah, in the rock yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and without going into too many specifics, because that film's, you know, still kind of new, and I've got an article about this coming out soon, mm-hmm. um, I've just been really enjoying listening to Sadie's tracks from Steven Universe and looking at the the overarching theme of kind of punky tracks about how capitalism really sucks. Because, mm-hmm. like, I don't think it's necessarily a plot spoiler to talk about that, that song's general themes. Um, Disobedient is basically about... It's a song about that that sort of terrible face you put on to talk to you know customer facing people in in yeah. retail jobs. That sort of oh I'm put hello how can I do sir oh, I'm putting on my happy smiley customer face and mm. um about feeling that that feeling you get when you know I I feel like it's easier when you're someone like Sadie's age who you know that job if you don't have it you've probably got a safety net mm. um but of just being like I don't want to feel like I've wasted my life putting on this weird, ha- like, terrible, forced happy face to do a terrible dead-end job, and, you know, I wanna, I wanna, you know, sort of throw that away and do something meaningful. Yeah. I'm like, I can, I can empathise with that, uh, that sentiment. It's a, it's a good track. Oh. Oh, I, just, I love all of Sadie's tracks. I'm really glad that, like, her narrative brought her to that point. Yeah, definitely. Sadie's music has been one of the highlights of Steven Universe for me for a little while now. Yeah. Um, is that everything you've That's listened everything to? everything I've listened to. Well then, time for this. Oh. You, uh, want, want, want some of that? Yeah, 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 yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, did you know? Yeah. That uh, Brexit is yeah. actually like a plot by the Badgers, yeah. Well, that makes sense because no human would be foolish enough to think Brexit was a good idea. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, what? What are Badgers getting out of this? What well, are they doing? right. What they're doing is, you know, because the Tories keep allowing these cults, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So what it is, right? The Badgers are using Brexit to turn the humans on each other, 
and then like they'll be too busy focused on each other to you know actually get on with the cull. Are, are, are you suggesting that all of the death and suffering that's going to come from Brexit is actually the badges doing a human cull to avoid getting culled? Well, I mean, they're getting the Tories to do the culling for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they turn the humans back against the humans, right? Although, like, Tories... Didn't need any help, you know. Humans is is a loose approximation. I was going to say the Tories. Well, yeah. They uh, they didn't need any help culling humans anyway. No, 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 no. Do you find yourself exhausted during the middle of the day? Yeah. Would you like just a way you could squeeze just in a, a quick nap? Oh, always. But in a way that wouldn't affect the rest of your day? Please. Try the new Sleepy Time Pocket Dimension. Just pop it out of your pocket, put it down wherever you happen to be, and slip in for up to 45 minutes of nap. And 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 this won't eat into my day? The pocket dimension is slightly out of time with the real world. In your 45 minutes, it will only have taken as many seconds. (gasps) So you can wake feeling refreshed, step back out into the world, and get on with your day. Thanks, Pocket Dimension. Pocket Dimension. For all your naptime needs. Questions, Sam. Let's have a questions. What's the questions? Uh, Future Fishy says, if you could have a good game adaptation of any piece of media... What would it be, and who would make it? I would love to have a really good um, Power Rangers, the original series video game developed by Platinum. Because I feel like they could do um, over-the-top character action stuff really well, uh, with an ensemble cast that would then escalate to really dramatic places. Um, They're very good at doing multiple gameplay types within one game, and I feel like... They could do justice to the silly, over-the-top nature of something like Power Rangers really well. Uh, what about you? My first in- instinct is to say, like, a really good RPG of Lord of the Rings. <gasps> Ooh. Like, if they finished the interplay one. Yeah. Because they did the first one. The second one was complete, but never officially released. I mean, yeah. people... I, I've played it. Yeah. It's not great, and it's missing a lot of bits, but, like, something in that vein of, like, a really in-depth, hey, do you want to go around and just wander into pretty much every Hobbit hole, chat to everyone, go everywhere, while, you know, sort of loosely running along the plot of the books? Yeah. And and getting to that, and um, especially when you get later on, and you, suddenly you've got the option to skip between three separate parties and go and do all sorts of different things that way. There's so much potential there for that to be really awesome, but it's not been done great yet. Mm. I think you'd have to make it sort of fairly, like, loose on following the main plot. Yeah. It would need an almost Breath of the Wild-esque, hey, the the big bad's just gonna happen, I've been holding it off for a really long time, if you could... Come, come and save me. I know you've got all of these side quests and a whole world to explore, but if you could whoo, head over here at some point, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, I, and I, yeah, I suppose that would be Gondor. Yeah. <laughs> Just going, hi. Uh, next question is from Tricky. Hi, Tricky. Is there an 80s or 90s show that you would reboot? 
I'd really enjoy a modern Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck. Yeah. I have very I have very fond thoughts about Darkwing Duck. Um, maybe like a really good um anime of Transformers, like Gen Ooh, One Transformers, yeah. done as like a huge anime. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really nice, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously, maybe you could sort of incorporate bits from later generations and like the comic books and stuff, but mm. G One versions of the Transformers, because you... you've sold enough fucking toys, Hasbro. Uh, there's, there's one that. I, I wouldn't have said I would want until modern factors. I think it's going to happen and it will probably be good. Is the people who are making She-Ra to make a He-Man. Cause That's I think, happening. Is, is that confirmed? That, that happening? is happening. Okay. Um, I don't think they're tying the two together. Ah, well. Um, but, well, yeah, it, it, I've heard yeah. that, um, and I think a lot of the same people are involved. Well, considering how good Voltron was and how good She-Ra has been so far, like, I'll totally take a He-Man. Yeah. Um, From those people. I would be interested to see what they do with that. Yeah. With a more feelings-y... How, how do you modernise that? dimensional, yeah. not just selling toys version of He-Man. Yeah. Like, how can how can we have a... How can we have that? Yes. I want to see... Yeah, I'd be curious to see that. And and with, with that, those people behind it, I'd be, I'd be very up for more yeah. of that. Um... I mean, Pokemon's being rebooted, so... Uh, it, apparently not. It is oh. sticking with Ash and they're keeping going. Contrary oh, okay. to the recent rumours to the contrary. Oh, okay. I think a lot of people got very excited that Ash won something and they were like, oh shit, we got to keep him around. <laughs> people still care about Ash. People do like Ash. Calton, <laughs> uh, hi Callum. Um, if you had the option not to sleep and have no physical or mental downsides but could choose to sleep... How often would you choose to sleep? I think I would still sleep every night, but I think I would probably not have my post-quips pre-dice funk nap, you know? Oh. Like, there are times like that where I'd be like, no, I'll just I'll just stay up and enjoy the evening with you, you oh. know? Honestly, like, that's the main thing I would use it for, is if I had, a, if I had like, a big strict deadline where I needed to get something done, or if I was playing a game and I was like, I, I really don't want to stop playing, uh, or just... I physically need to go and sleep because I work in the middle of the night because of American time zones, but I don't want to miss out on time with you. Oh. <laughs> um, I, I think I would start with good intentions that I would sleep maybe once a week. <laughs> but I would end up probably with the anxiety issue of yeah. I could do all the things. All the things that I'm always complaining I don't have time for. And just like just constantly yeah. be trying to create things. Well, here's the thing. Honestly, I would probably spend like a month or two binging all of that media I mean to catch up on and then go, I've got nothing to Pretty do. bored now. Yeah. It's it's now 10 o'clock at night. I've got nothing to do. I'll, I'll, I'll go to sleep with you. But also like, I could be like, I, want, I could go, I'd have time to go to the gym. Yeah. I'd, I'd be able to binge all the media. I could make more podcasts. I could create yeah. more art. Yeah. Like, all of those things I don't usually have time for or I'm just too exhausted for. Yeah. It's tough to know these things. I, 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 I can see that being potentially really... I, don't, I mean, I don't... There's no mental downsides of it, so... 
it's hard to conceptualise, I guess. I, I, I could see it being the kind of thing that would make me absolutely mental. Okay, here's the thing. As someone that used to work, uh, that used to create and make and um, consume and be doing things all the time that they were awake, it's not healthy to do that. Um, you need to set yourself, these are the hours I do things between. And there are, you need to give yourself time to do nothing. Would well, you yeah, be... that's the other thing. I'd also have time to do nothing. Okay, well, yeah, that's... Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have we got any other questions? <laughs> yes, we do, but... I'm rather stumped on that one, I must be honest. Yeah. Um, the Wonder Goma. Uh, what's your policy on floofy hair? I mean, my hair's pretty floofy. It's, yeah. it's all split ends and such. Uh, considering how much I've bleached and dyed this hair, I have to be a fan of floofy hair at this point. Yeah, I like floofy hair. Yeah. I like all sorts of hair. That's lots of hair I like that's no good. hair. Yeah. I like some hair. Yeah. Long hair and short hair. Floofy hair is one of the good varieties of hair. Yeah. That's one of the many varieties. Like, my pubes are quite floofy. I spend a lot of time <laughs> just, just patting those. Just going, that's quite floofy. <laughs> I just like patting my pubes sometimes. Yes, like, mm, yeah, I Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Becky too. Hi, Becky. Hey, um, Becky. Hey, hey. Love you, Becky. Love you. Mm. <laughs> Uh, if you could have met each other sooner, would you have, or uh, is there a point you feel like you wouldn't have been ready for each other? I very much feel like we met each other at the right time. Agreed. Um, I, I mean, from my point of view, I think if I'd met you much earlier, it would have been kind of creepy. Yeah, well, there's that, because, you know, age difference and yeah. whatnot. But even putting age aside, I think both of us had to... I think both of us met each other as we just come out of like the times in our lives that brought us to where we needed to be to be compatible. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Although I think like if we if we were closer to the same age, I reckon we'd been the, the kind of people that might have hung out more. Oh, I think so. Yeah, and probably would have been quite good for that, and probably would have gone through transition together quite in a very supportive way. Oh, wouldn't that have been if we, if we were if we I think if we were closer in age, I think that would have been much more a possibility. Yeah, yeah, and that would have been really cool. But I think otherwise, it just feels like uh, if we'd met more than five years ago, it would have been like like more than five years earlier, it would have been weird as fuck. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Lucy and Evans would like to know, uh, what uh, what food would you miss? Um, oh, uh, what's a food that's really messy to eat and therefore sticks would provide a, a clean way to eat? Satan um, ribs. Oh, some, yeah, some good Satan ribs on a stick. There you go. Yeah, there's no bones. There Satan. we go, done. <laughs> Sorry. Or um, Satan fried chicken. Oh, yeah. yeah. Basically, we just want to put fake bones in our fake meat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but, you know, recyclable bones, please. Yeah. And non-environmentally damaging. So, yeah, that's all the questions. <gasps> Thank well, you very much then. for asking your questions. Is it time for this? It is time for this. Do you want to know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Social justice warriors? Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Uh, you uh, you been up so much? Oh, you know, I've just been a busy weekend. I've been working all weekend. I'm ready for a good sleep if I don't, yeah. don't say so myself. 
Well, you know, maybe some sort of nap or other. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I picked up that uh, pocket dimension recently. Oh, it's yeah, going to be yeah. well good for getting there, squeezing a good nap in. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, have you uh, been, been thinking about anything? Oh, yeah, week? yeah. As, as I do. As, I as, do. You, as you do. As you do. As, as, we, as, do. as we do. I, I, was, I was going down the uh, going down the high street the other day, and I happened yeah. to... Uh, I want to see someone being a bit snooty to someone who was uh, doing a doing a retail job, but yeah. I know if you have seen something like this, you know the uh, uh, the bin men were going down, you know, emptying the bins on the high street, and yeah. uh, saw so, saw one of these uh, saw a mother and child go past, and the uh, you know parent says to the child, you know, bet you better work hard at school or you'll end up working like them, and you know it's 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 that real dismissive attitude you see towards people who work in certain industries. Yeah, and it's, it, it's it's weirdly it's the industries that like society relies on most. Yeah, they are vital, you know, infrastructure things that keep life going. Yeah, do you want disease spread all over the place in this highly disposable society? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like especially in the inner cities, like it's not like we can just compost everything. Yeah, you know, there is no ground to compost on in fucking miles. Exactly, you know, there's there's no there's not the space to deal with things as you might if you had like a big garden or something. Yeah. Well this is it. You see it with you see it with people who work in like say uh, refuse or say work yeah, in janitorial. Uh, yeah, janitorial. I mean you see it in like retail work as well. You see uh, you know, talking down on people who Ugh. might work behind a counter in a, in a fast food place or something. I've, I've worked in fast food, I can tell you yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, and and that one always gets me because it's like Oh boy! The whole reason you're coming to a fast food place is you want a, f- a meal prepared for you. You do not want to have to prepare yourself. Yeah, that is a service that you want to exist that's convenient for you. Don't be dismissive of the people who work that job because yeah, the fact that you get to have that convenience is because people do that work you don't want to do. Yeah, and you know most of the, those people would not last five minutes working in actual fast food. Oh god, because no. it is an incredibly high pressure job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might go, oh, well, it's just making burgers. Okay, yeah, it is making burgers, but it's making hundreds of burgers a day to yeah. an exact standards that, and while people, even other members of staff, could be incredibly horrible to you. Yeah, well, this is it. It's, it's a lot of these jobs that people want to be done magically for them, but they don't, you know, they, they, they want to act as if they're better than the people doing these jobs. But it's yeah. like, you know... There are, there, you know, there are. These are some of these are jobs that you know. If if these people weren't doing them for you, you would very quickly notice. Very quickly, and I mean, especially with like the uh, rubbish collectors and yeah. janitorial stuff, like the fact that like everybody's health would massively deteriorate. The amount of you know disease and 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 stuff like that that would be rising from all the 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 filth and debris everywhere yeah. that you don't want, you don't want to handle. Exactly, you got to say like a. Uh, well, bus drivers, for example, like they're having to spend their whole shift being like the the uh, level of alert awakeness you need to do inner city driving yeah. on a very large vehicle that you know obviously is more difficult to maneuver around the roads. While people might potentially be trying to talk to you, uh, while you might have lots yeah. of noisy passengers, where your passengers often don't have seat belts, and you know that's a yeah. that's the thing you've got to be very aware of with your yeah. driving stuff. Oh, I, I just wish people were more. Uh, more considerate of people who are doing jobs that you know they want done for them. Yeah, just definitely. be appreciative that the, that these jobs are getting done. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Yeah. You want that hug? Oh, I would love that hug, mate. Yeah. Ugh. 
So that's a good one, mate. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for that nap. I think. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna pop the kettle on. You can have a cup of tea. 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 So yeah, you know, tuck yourself in, mate. Oh, will do. Will do. Laura, me. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K Buzz in all of the places. Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh, you can find all of my stuff at laurakbuzz.com, which is where I post links to absolutely everything I post, be it podcasts, videos, written articles, stuff I do for other websites. I do a lot of stuff for Sci-Fi Fangirls. You can check that out, you know, search for Sci-Fi Fangirls. You can find my books. There's Uncomfortable Labels. That is out now in book places. That's a good book. Uh, there is an audiobook of it. It is on laurakbuzzstore.com. You can get it there. There's another book, Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. It's a coffee table book of silly video game character butt reviews with illustrations and a lot of guest contributors. Um, a bunch of people you might know. Uh, one of the McElroys did something for it, for example. Um, that is going to be very soon. And uh, Dice Funk, it's a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Podquisition, five years deep, we are getting a new host uh, with this week's episode, so uh, we will be, it'll be me, Jim Sterling, and Conrad Zimmerman, uh, who you may have heard on Dice Funk or uh, Boston's Favourite Son. Boston's Favourite Son, for example, yep. Uh, there is also Pixel Square, it is a podcast where me and Mari and Stacey from the Geek Remix YouTube channel will review video game pornography that we find, and... I think that's it. Go read my thing about that game jam. It's on laurakbuzz.com. And all your other things. Yeah, but particularly that one. That one was real good. Or go check Rare's Twitter to go see my article about Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. Uh, What about you? I'm Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube, but most places I'm Stoned Monkey Radio, and you can find me there on places like... Uh, the Sound is Cloud, where you might be listening to this now. And my Patreon is, is Stone Funky Radio. Thank you to all the people that support me over there. I very much appreciate you. It is only the first today, so I haven't had full details about everyone in this month. But don't worry, next week's episode, everyone will get a nice shout-out. Thank you very much. I super appreciate you all. I love you. You're lovely. Um, also, if you want to just send me a one-off, that's paypal.me slash Magnet. You could be awesome and help me support and get extra creative things. Heck. Which I've very much been blessed with. So, yeah. Uh, I think that's all of the things. Oh, Curiosity Epidemic. I do. I was in that Badly Designated Heroes uh, podcast. We finished the first season of that. The second season's going to be on, on, my, on my SoundCloud. And, yeah. If you listen to that, we could listen to the new series of Polyarmory. Listen to Polyarmory. Um, yeah, because the new season is starting soon, and I'm very, 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 very hyped for that. I've done lots and lots and lots of new work for the new series. So hype! Uh, yeah. So, Laura, sing us out, my darling. Until next time, be a stranger. I will. <laughs>